Hello, lovely listeners. It's Laura here because I have some very exciting news to share with you. We are getting back on the road and doing not one, not two, but three live shows before the end of the year and tickets are out now. All of the shows are going to be in Bush Hall in London. Basically think of it as a go love yourself residency at this point. Our first one is going to be on the 30th of October and it's going to be our Halloween party. So make sure you get those tickets ASAP so you can see everyone's fabulous outfits. You can find more information and the link to the tickets in the episode description and all across our Instagram at go love yourself pod. We cannot wait to see you there. This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself. Smithy, it's September. Where is the year going? It's like crazy. It's pumpkin spice latte times. <laughs> and watching Gilmore Girls with a blanket on. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, crazy season I'm here for. I'll tell you what I'm not here for though. Mm-hmm. Christmas stuff absolutely everywhere yes agree however what comes along with it is christmas chocolate in the shop <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not to be yeah, the mini yeah so. do you know yeah we'll take yeah mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm basically <laughs> going to spend the next like three months gorging on the kinder santas Ooh, don't nice. even i've not had one girl I've, the lint ones yes because i ate all of them in kent last year <laughs> They did not. Honestly, there was one day where I bought, I think I bought four with the intention to give them to my choir friends and <laughs> they're, they're still waiting for this. <laughs> That's so good. So yeah, okay. I'm with you on the shit Christmas chat. It's too early. I'm still not over last Christmas. TBH, but um, cozy season. Do you feel like as you're getting older, because I know you're like a sun worshipper. but do you feel you're more of an autumn gal than a summer gal right now? Yeah, I love it. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? I just, really I just feel I just feel cheated. This summer sucked ass. And we didn't get a proper summer and like I look at the photos from last summer and I just feel like this there was so much still left to do. Um but like what <laughs> just Laura, there were dresses that never got the light of day in my wardrobe. There was oh, activities that, yeah. I never did, and I'm not ready for cozy season, but also I think I'm just uh, having a strop about it because when autumn comes, my birthday is coming. Uh, normally I see fun times, but also ha! So um, like, Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, how do you feel about um, autumn clothes? I know you're not excited about your birthday, but how do you feel about autumn, like, fashion and clothes as well? Because I kind of dread it a little bit. I feel like it's a bit dull and a bit frumpy, isn't it, a lot of autumn fashion? I mean, it can. Uh, Mostly it's because, especially for those that commute, and especially those that commute into a city, it's kind of like you sort of bundle up in the morning, but by the time you get to work, it's like, can I please wear a bikini now? It is warm. (laughs) Like, it's insane. Um, yes, I know, but mostly I am excited for like a bit cute autumny vibes. Like there's, there's just a moment mm. where, and me and my friend Emma, we say this every year that we start to get excited about the days where you're wearing like skirts with tights and boots. And I've got yeah. this outfit in my head, Laura, of like that I'll wear to the job and it will be some sort of like tweedy kind of mini skirt with like, 20 dernier tights and ankle boots with a matching jacket and I'm just like hot to trot walking with my little iced coffee from Pret and think I'm that girl. 
So that I'm excited about. <laughs> that I'm excited about. Other than that, I don't know. Is it just our summer wardrobe with tights? <laughs> it pretty much is going to have to be, yeah, because like you said, there's so much I haven't been able to wear. No, we'll do justice to our fabulous wardrobes. But no, I'm excited for autumn. <laughs> So I feel like for so many people, it's now like a trope online that as soon as September comes, the girls are getting on Gilmore Girls and we're watching it with a blanket and a pumpkin spice candle, right? Right. And I just can't imagine that's you. So what terrible, frightening, traumatic, toxic, whatever series are you going to be watching on those cosy nights in? Funnily enough, there's a new season of the last season of Handmaid's Tale is coming out soon. It can't be true. There is not any more. There can't be. I love it. I absolutely love it. I actually watch things that make me feel things. I don't know what I don't know what that is. I watched a film the other day and it was called Ben is Back and it was about. I've been really interested to learn about. Sorry, this is really off topic and probably very boring, but about the opioid crisis in the US and watch Painkiller on Netflix. Highly recommend that. Very interesting. It like it just makes you feel things and that's I like that. I want to. I like watching dark and miserable things that make me cry. I don't, am I the only one? You're not the only one, but I cannot, in even one percent, relate to that because I don't like to feel a damn thing. <laughs> I think it's because you feel so much in real I life do, that do. you want to watch things to escape. Maybe. Oh, not that I don't. But yes, I do. Do you know what 100%. I mean? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really hope you enjoy. Handmaid's Tale. Thank Is that you. the adjective you use about that show? Yeah, enjoy your absolute shite that is empty and vacuous and made up and fairy tale like i'm really happy for you i love it (laughs) enjoy for me to get married again they have to tick the right boxes yeah because i'm just sick of these klingons Mm. who turn into mr prices i just want to meet someone who wants me for me Mm. But yeah, I would get married. I can't wait. Should we organise it? (laughs) This is The Katie Price Show, a podcast all about me and my life. Alongside me, Kate's sister, Sophie. Me and Soph, we're so close. But you would not think we are from the same family. I mean, if you could see Soph now, she dresses like... Go on. Completely a librarian. But this would make me puke. Oh, no, what? Bad breath, and if they get white bits at the side of their mouth, I think it's pretty obvious he's gone off it. It seems like <laughs> he's probably having an affair. Hey! Anyway, I am a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, give it a listen. Just search for The Katie Price Show. New episodes out every Thursday. Okay, today we want to talk about dealing with the weight of other people's opinions. So you might remember that we did an episode on this a little while ago, but honestly, the amount of DMs that we get and the amount of comments and questions and like advice we're asked for about this Mm. is such a prevalent topic. It's changing. We've had new experiences since then of people commenting and certain family things have happened that we might get into. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a big topic and one that can have a devastating impact on us so yeah we're going to get into that a little bit more today yeah absolutely and we put something out on instagram recently to ask for topic ideas and this was number one despite the fact that we have already done an episode on it and we're going to kind of hopefully all get to a point by the end of this episode where we feel a little bit more confident to have a conversation with somebody who is giving you you know that judgment to you so lauren you've recently started a new job and 
I think you mentioned, you sort of hinted to me the other day and we were voice noting about some sort of water cooler chats. And I was just wondering, obviously, I've not been in an office environment for a little while. Um, and to be fair, nor have you, because you were working from home so much. But I just wondered what what kind of that's been like and if there are things that you've picked up on that have kind of shocked you or saddened you at yeah, all. Yeah, I just, I referenced this in, a, in a, an episode recently as well about... That, that Laura and I for ourselves and probably a lot of people listening have created this little bubble, this safe bubble of the people that are in my life and the stuff that I read online is not this toxic diet culture bullshit, right? And so going back to the office and I only go in two or three days a week, it kind of, it felt like it hit me in the face. Just this toxic diet culture stuff that was, that you and I were dealing with when we worked together like 10 years ago, or whatever it was, mm. is still so rife. And and it, and it and it comes across as so innocent, and that's the thing. And it's this, it it has been lots of comments of, oh God, I feel so fat. Oh, I'm being good today. I'm being healthy. Oh, I can't eat that because I had pizza last night. All the standard tropes, mm-hmm. right? All of that, the stuff that we know. Yeah. And that's been like, oh, like, oh, just like straight in the thing again of diet culture because I'm so not part of it anymore. And that's been difficult and. I know from the Facebook group recently that there are still really worrying things happening in other offices of diet clubs or, or weight loss competitions and stuff like that. And that's sort of no judgment to them if that's what people want to do. But but it's the way that some of these workplaces and perhaps some people's colleagues go about these things that can be really judgy and toxic and that's not my experience but I certainly know it's the experience for other people at the minute yeah we actually had a listener uh, from America email us to say that her office her workplace had launched a biggest loser style competition recently Um, and she yeah I know and the biggest loser as we know is the most toxic and harmful awful show like they literally encourage people to starve themselves be like exercise to the point of throwing up being sick it was horrific anyway so she decided to go to hr about it and then she was told that hr were actually the ones heading it up (laughs) because the company got discounts on healthcare so basically if they do office sponsored weight loss initiatives then there's money in it she said it made her feel sick unsurprisingly um because it just perpetuates the concept of fat equals unhealthy when as we know there are many aspects of health um and it just made her really sad that actually it comes from like money incentives and i i I couldn't agree more i I actually remember uh it wasn't biggest loser style but it was a weight loss group being advertised very openly when i was still in the office a few years ago just pre-covid and feeling quite uncomfortable about it then, but not knowing what I know now and not feeling confident or comfortable enough to say, this isn't cool, this isn't okay. But mm. how many offices must this happen in? Yeah, it, it does. And please know when we're talking about this, we're not saying people shouldn't want to go on a weight loss journey or whatever. We're not saying that. We're saying that the kind of competition style that usually happens in an office situation is not cool. Um, to pit against each other because inevitably what happens and I'm you know is when we've all gone to these slimming clubs is the weight loss stagnates stops or you start to gain weight and 
then that kind of brings shame on it because you kind of told everyone you work with that all oh, this is happening and then yeah. you're like, oh, actually, no, it's not. Ha-. And it's just unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. There's so much more to talk about with your colleagues. There's also not work, but like then, then weight loss. Yeah. Mm. Like it's, it's quite telling that I think a lot of offices don't have like a health drive, like a how much have you slept or how, you know, like... Uh, yeah. work-life balance that kind of thing like it is normally always I find either weight loss groups or mm. it's like a step challenge or something like that yeah. which I, I think you know that that's that's fine but again we know the whole 10,000 steps thing is bollocks and actually it has been proven that 4,000 steps gives you basically similar benefits so it just yeah it just annoys me the focus on on weight like it doesn't need to be that is not the only measure of health especially in a work environment, you should feel safe and protected and not be thinking like, oh, I can't eat my lunch today or I've got to go oh, out and, and secretly eat yeah. my lunch, which honestly, I used to think and I used to do that. That's so sad, isn't it? I did. I used to like secret eat and I'd like wait until a certain person was out of the office to eat chocolate. <laughs> I you laugh because I, I, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did. And it was, it was horrible. And I remember a said certain person saying to me when I got engaged and was planning the wedding and she said to me, if you don't lose the weight now, you never will. Oh, yeah, and it's really hard because it makes you feel like you're not good enough as you are. And we and we know that's just not the case. We are four seasons into this podcast. This is the message that we have been talking about this whole time, and we just know that's not the case. If we're fat, we can still be good at our job, be able to get married, have wonderful friends, do all these wonderful things, wear a bikini on the beach. Yet that there's pressure coming from everywhere. And I just, it's in the workplace is so uncomfortable. You go there to do your job. You should be protected Mm. by HR. It's really sad in this case that that HR team are just not, are just (laughs) not. And the thing is, if this is happening in one place, I'm sure it's happening in other places. So out of curiosity then, if, if that kind of thing was to happen and be introduced in your office, would you feel confident enough to say something now, knowing what you know? It's the added thing with it being work. This is so, I'm, I'm struggling to answer this question actually, because in my real life, anywhere outside of the confines of work, I would have something to say and I would be very vocal about it. I'd do it yeah. in a kind way, but I'd, I'd educate the person and we'd have a conversation. But we have to admit that the work environment is different and it mm. is different. And especially as someone who's started a new job, I don't know if I would want to put myself out there to say this thing in front of everybody. Um, I would feel uncomfortable. Hence why I think a letter or any sort of contact with the people who are making the decisions would be good. Um, But I think just generally dropping into conversation about anything you can about body confidence. So as we all know, I wear lots of bright colored dresses and I've been wearing them to work because that's who I am. And they spark a conversation because someone will be like, I really like your dress. And I've had a lot of comments from my new colleagues about my confidence. And I use that as an opportunity to say, you know, it just doesn't matter what size I am. I'm confident because I'm happy with myself. And I love wearing these colors. I don't want to hide myself anymore. And I use that as an opportunity to do it that way. The thing that we want to educate people on is so much harder at work but I try and drop it in in these other ways. So I totally understand that it will be difficult, but I think make your opinions and your thoughts known, perhaps an anonymous email if that's what you're comfortable with. Um, but I know it can be difficult. I'm going to ask you a really difficult question now, and I hope I'm not overstepping. Not another one! <laughs> <laughs> do you think people would comment on your confidence if you weren't bigger? Oh, do you know, I have thought this a lot because I've had the word bubbly 
Uh, oh. Yeah. And I and the thing is, what's really funny is that I think I've I'm all right with bubbly because I was called bubbly as a size twelve. I am. I think the term bubbly. <laughs> to be fair, you are. I am yeah. bubbly. Yeah. Um, you so are. I think it's slightly different. Um, I have had a comment of being like something like you're so brave. I wish I had that confidence. And that is a backhanded insult because it's been like, yeah. if I was your size, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing what you're doing. Yeah. Right. I do think that, and I do think there is a lot of that, but I'm not offended by it because I take it as maybe that person will think about that. Or maybe that person struggling with their body confidence will see me mm. being confident and take that home. Or they might tell somebody else or something like that. And it might just, you know, like spread it a bit further. But I do absolutely think that some of those comments are coming because I'm bigger and they're like, oh, wow, you're so confident. But that's them, not me. That's a them problem, not a me problem. And I think that goes for, you know, good and bad like comments. If, if I think like we've said it before about, you know, it's the, it's a them problem, not you problem. But if someone talks about your body or your weight or your appearance in general, like it's because they're fixated on it. And I think they're kind of I think they're projecting Going back though quickly on what you were saying about the whole like confidence thing, like one of the comments I used to get all the time and I never thought anything of was, how are you so confident? Ah, yes, I do get that often. And I still get that mm. quite a lot. And it, it like, again, it, it doesn't come from a horrible place. Mm. I'd much rather that than like, you're a fat bitch and you're going to die early, which is the other side of the internet. Um, so it's much better than that. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> but like, I do sort of also think like, well, like it makes me think, well, shouldn't I be? Yeah. Like you said, our motto is like, there's so much more to life. So why not be confident and walk through life with your head held high? Like, do you want me to just sit at home and cry and be like, isolated and feel shit about myself and I think some people do yeah um, for sure and I think that's why I've fallen out with s certain family members recently because I think they feel like if you're bigger or you've got any kind of visible difference that you should be just sat at home or you should be like the person that's always saying oh I am on a diet oh I am trying oh I've tried everything yeah you've got to be the good fatty as you say and you've got to be yeah you've got to be like, seen to be losing weight because why on earth would you be fat and happy yeah how could you how could you be content in a body like that that mm. society deems as unacceptable like you need to be fixed I think the other thing that people hide behind is the I'm just concerned for your health no oh, I'm so bored of it I'm so bored of it Laura I can't I cannot. Honestly, I think sometimes it is literally, they are hiding behind. They're like, I'm just worried about your health. So I don't have to give you basic respect and dignity. I'm just worried about your health. So I'm going to tell you that you need to lose weight or be healthier. Yeah. I've I've honestly had that comment phrase banded about more times than I care to remember. And I think, I think what I tend to do now is just reply and just say, you commenting on my weight does not motivate me or help me to be healthy. Like it actually does the opposite. So please don't talk about it. And clap, that, clap, clap, clap. And that generally just kind of like shuts that conversation um, down. I think you can also say like, oh, you know, you you really shouldn't ask questions like that or, or talk about that because, you know, it doesn't make me feel good. I've got a history of like struggling with like food. So please don't comment on my weight, my physical appearance. But like generally, I think just being direct, if, if they've got the audacity to kind of confront you about that, then have have the, the the balls to go back and say, actually, it's none of your fucking business. Absolutely. They're asking you an uncomfortable question, whether they think they are or not, they are. Throw the uncomfortableness back in their face. Sometimes it can be really like awful and like it can be really outright and really like, I'm, you know, but what about your health? I'm worried about your health. You're not healthy. A lot of the time it is more subtle than that. I had one recently. I had, I had an experience recently where I was at, um, I think I was at a christening. 
somebody who will not be named. Um, I name them. <laughs> and I was in a group of conversation and somebody said to this woman, oh my God, you've lost so much weight. You look amazing. We'll come on to this later, but you should just not talk about people's weight loss. You never know why they've lost weight. Just don't do it. This woman turned around and said, yeah, I've been doing uh, Slimming World. Laura, you should um, you should try oh, it. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> it's really good. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, I've actually, I said, I've been there. I said, I bought the T-shirt. I said, I might as well have fucking shares in Slimming World. I said, it's not for me, but thank you very much. And I walked away. But those kind of things, I say that's subtle. It's not really that subtle, is it? But it's in things like, you know, when people say, oh, do you really need to eat that? Like, oh, you can't still be hungry. And I think those kind of things can be really hard. And it's always the way where like, I don't know if you get this, but I walk, it's afterwards a lot of the time, mm. not so much now because I feel like I'm really hard to it. Um, and people don't necessarily comment that much. But it's when you walk away and you think, oh, I wish I'd said that. Yeah. It's so frustrating, isn't it? When you don't stick up for yourself and then you think, oh, why didn't I say that in the, in the moment? It's very difficult. It is difficult, but those kind of comments are really cutting and things that stay with you. Mm. If we don't call that shit out, it's just going to keep happening. The responsibility isn't with us, but so we don't just have these horrible comments sitting on us when we're trying to go to sleep at night and, and make us feel shit about ourselves, then just be like, yes, I am still hungry because I'm hungry. Yes, I am getting another plate because I'm hungry. At the end of the day, I think if it's not your body... It is not yours to comment on. I no. want to get that tattooed on my fucking forehead. Sorry yeah. for swearing, but I'm very passionate. <laughs> you are so right. It is not yours to comment on. Please stop. Please stop commenting on people's Just eating stop. habits because that is yeah. so... You don't... Like, we Like with anything... We, we've we've been in this movement about talking about mental health for so long now. So we're so past the point of it being in a stigma. It's not a stigma anymore. We know it's okay not to be okay. And we also know that you don't know what's going on in someone's brain, right? Same way, you don't know what's going on in somebody's life as to why they might be eating or not eating or looking the way they are or whatever. There also yeah. might not be a reason. That's just what they're eating and what they look like. Shall we all yeah. just move on? So just don't comment on it because yeah. as we always say, there's so much more to talk about. <laughs> Time for a quick break now to tell you all about today's sponsor, BetterHelp, the online therapy service that connects you with a licensed therapist from the comfort of your own home. If you'd like to try BetterHelp, you can get 10% off your first month with our code GOLOVE. I feel like recently, and especially, you know, with so much going on with my new job and like we're planning the live shows, um, I've noticed that my sleep a little bit, but I'm going to sleep and my head's like spinning a little bit. And sometimes it feels like all your anxious thoughts have a habit of coming back right at the time that you're trying to relax. And it's once you're in that cycle, it is hard to break, let me tell you. And it really does impact your life and just overall stress. Yeah. And we know how important therapy is because it's definitely help both of us through some very very difficult moments but it's also so good in helping us manage like just day-to-day -day anxieties i know a lot of people might think therapy is about dealing with a specific trauma or something that's going on but actually that couldn't be further from the truth talking about your thoughts and emotions in therapy even and sometimes especially when you think you don't need it is a great way to help you find a bit more peace in your daily life exactly and it can be so hard to take that step to break the cycle which is why we're so excited that we are working with better help if you don't already know, BetterHelp is an online therapy service that offers video, phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't actually have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. We know that that's something that can make people very nervous. So I think it's brilliant that you can use BetterHelp in the comfort of your own home. It can also be more affordable and accessible than in-person therapy too. So definitely a good place to start if you're considering therapy. 
So if you fancy giving it a try and joining the 2 million people who have already used BetterHelp, you can get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash go love. So that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash go love. Some of these stories that we've had from our listeners are just unbelievable. On the topic of, you know, being concerned for your health, one of our listeners said that their manager once locked them in a cupboard to talk about their health and how it's detrimental. What? No, what? sorry. No, absolutely not. No. Not not the manager's place, first of all. No. Also, pardon. Second of all, no. I, I literally am lost for, for words. Yeah, like, I cannot... Like we were talking about earlier about things sticking with you and having a long lasting effect. That is a that is tr- like trauma. That is a traumatic experience that that person will will never forget. I really really hope if you're listening, I really hope you raise that with with HR. Put a formal complaint in. It's not okay. And like that's the thing, unfortunately, when you like do carry more weight and you are in a bigger body you sort of like it's like you wear it like a big fucking sign on your head like I said Mm. this before you are both hyper visible and invisible when you are in a bigger body people with other health conditions or concerns maybe they're a smoker maybe they're a big drinker sometimes can hide it whereas we can't yeah whatever it is if you're a smoker drink whatever nobody should be coming up to you being like i'm worried about your health like unless it is mentioned by them first unless it's impacting your job but somehow i really struggle to believe how being fat could impact you your job and your ability to do your job (laughs) no not at all and let me tell you i mean all hr policies are different but i'm pretty sure every single one would be given a disciplinary to this person for raising it your manager should not be asking about your health in whatever way, at all, ever, for whatever reason, unless you brought it up. No, absolutely not. I'm not having it. Awful. We had another listener say she did a 360 feedback from her team. Oh. I imagine it's one of those ones where you do it like anonymously online. Yeah, hate it, hate it, hate it. <laughs> <laughs> she said she had amazing feedback from work, but one person wrote, you'd be healthier if you lost weight. <sighs> That is fat phobia and anti-fat bias in its absolute finest. Like that is a, like I'm anonymous, so I can say this. That has nothing to do with this woman's ability to do do her job. No. Like there are so many, so many studies that show that women earn less as they gain weight because of unconscious bias or implicit bias where you kind of like, you know, some people just hate fat people. Actual studies to prove that the bigger you are, the less you will earn and that the people, the highest earners, women, female earners, generally are thin fat phobia is absolutely rife in the workplace and again this is why we wanted to do this episode on it something i'm really passionate about why do we see women as less worthy if they are bigger there's also statistics to prove that a lot of women who are in bigger bodies tend to be more in like hospitality roles or kind of like less skilled i hate saying that but that's the term isn't it less skilled jobs And I think there's a reason for that. And I think that that needs to be addressed. And I think just like companies do, we did unconscious bias training. I don't know if you were still there at that point and where Mm -hmm. we worked, but a lot of like HR departments now will do uh, training on unconscious bias and about like racism and homophobia, but we don't treat weight stigma in the same way. Mm. And I think that is wrong. I think it's a conversation that needs to be brought to the table. Yeah. Because absolutely a lot of organisations are still very much struggling with bullying and harassment, racism, homophobia, transphobia in the workplace, I've seen it, right? If you're working in a big organisation, you know that that's still happening. Uh, But it's never been a conversation to talk about anti-fat bias. And I would really like to see that being brought into conversation because 
if people are listening to our podcast and following us and are hearing some of this stuff for the first time, there are people out there who are just never going to hear it. And we have to tell them, we have to just put this, this nugget of information in their brain to be like, hi, did you know that being fat isn't the worst thing you could be? Hi, did you know that you can be healthy and be in a bigger body? Some people need to know these factual things before they start you know, pumping out their bias on us and making us feel shit about ourselves just because we look a certain way. At work. It's unacceptable. Yeah. It's unacceptable. Completely agree. Another story that we had from a listener, and this is going to make me go feral, Laura. I can't. (laughs) They said, my boss told me my junior needed to dress better to be taken seriously as a woman. The boss was a woman herself. I'm going to let you take this because that's made me, that's made me, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing red. Not to be controversial, but on the one hand, I, I do, there is kind of an element of, my dad always used to say to me, dress for the job you want. And I think if you work in a smart environment, then, and you're not dressing smart enough, then I think that then maybe that, that's an issue. The bit that pisses me off is that, you know, to be taken seriously, you yeah. need to dress a certain way. And again, I feel like women, we as women have it so much harder than men who just chuck on a fucking suit or a shirt and they don't have to be worried about taking seriously, do they? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a female, female issue. I remember being in the office once and a, a colleague came to me. <laughs> <laughs> she just told me the name, everybody, and I know who it is. <laughs> a colleague came up to me and he said he had someone in his team who I really liked and had a real soft spot for her because she was a really good worker and just a really lovely, lovely girl. He said to me, she doesn't dress smart enough. And I told her, I tried to sort of tell her in a nice like way, but mm. I found it really hard. But he said, I told her, look at Laura. Laura looks really nice and she's bigger. Oh, what the fuck? It was almost like a, well, if Laura can do it, like so ah, can you. Like, that's what? so That poor girl, like... Jesus. Also, like, I don't think she had the money to go out and buy fucking suits. Oh. It's not right, is it? Like, I just, that really gave me the ick. That's given me anyway, the massive Maybe ick. that's a bad example, but I just wanted to get that off my nah, chest. I'm glad you have. And again, that's made me hate that person. So that's good. Um, <laughs> I have feelings about this. And I won't go too on because this is not what this, what this conversation is for. Uh, all workplaces will have a dress code. As long as you're addressing to that dress code, that's fine. Uh, most dress codes, I'm assuming, you aren't wearing crop tops and mini skirts, right? Okay, there's like sensible, common sense things that we wear and don't wear. But for me, outside of that, wear whatever the fuck you want, right? But that's where I'm at. I feel like, controversially, Laura, I feel like the dress for the job that you want is quite old school. Oh, um, really? Because okay. I'm going to work in the dresses, some of the dresses that I wear day to day. I'm covering up, obviously, my cleavage as much as possible because that makes me more comfortable. But I'm not going into work dressed in a grey pantsuit. I'm going in my bright orange dress. I'm going in my, you know, 50s housewife dress. I'm going, I'm all these things because that's Mm. me. I've got the job that I want and I can be taken seriously as a woman in the workplace because one, I got the job and two, because I'm smart and I can do the job, right? This woman saying to another woman that you need to dress a certain way to be taken seriously, I ain't having it. It's not okay. Yeah, I agree. No, and especially as as your your really good point about adding on the financial element of it, yeah. having to have two separate wardrobes for your life is really hard. I'm so mm. pleased that a lot of workplaces have kind of gone more casual since the pandemic because I can't afford to have two separate wardrobes. I can't afford like a work one and a life one. 
I'm just not here for anyone shaming anyone for anything. As long as that person is abiding by the dress code that is set by HR and that is within your contract, right, to get all that business on you, <laughs> then they're fine. Leave them alone. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I've got feral. <laughs> One of our listeners says, uh, my office has terrible boundaries. Everyone goes for drinks after work and there's pressure to join. It feels like the only way to stay in the good books with my manager is to socialise with her outside of work, but I just want to go home. How do I set that boundary? without jeopardizing her opinion of me um this is giving that episode of friends where rachel starts to smoke to to make friends with her boss her new boss unless you factually know that you will only be in your boss's good books if you go out to socialize i don't think that would be the case and i would definitely say to her something like oh i can only sort of come out like once a week and so i love coming out with you guys but i can only really do it once a week because i've got this on or this on or just you know what i need an early night but mm. if you want to have more time with the boss, you know, booking a regular one-to-one or something, absolutely fine for you to have your work boundaries as this is my work and this is what I do after work. You don't have to socialise with people you work with. And if you do, you do. And if you don't, you don't. That's absolutely fine. But just really nicely set your boundaries. You don't have to do it in, as I said, a very formal, strict way, just like, you know, I can only afford to do one night or I can only come out one night a week or whatever. I, I think that would be fine. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's sad that you feel like that, really, because none of us should be made to feel like we have to do things outside of our working hours in order to fit in during our working hours. So mm-hmm. I would say that that just be a little bit careful there that that might be a little bit of a toxic work environment as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. So many of you asked us to cover the topics of when you get judgment from your family and friends, so the people closest to you. And I'm going to say probably everybody has experienced this at least once. And I know we have. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So on that, Laura, you mentioned in an episode recently about having a really quite awful experience with a family member Mm. throwing some very, very awful judgment at you. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? So yeah, I recently had it where I knew this, like didn't know it, but I I knew it, if you know Mm. what I mean, for a while that this person was uncomfortable with uh, things that I was sort of posting and saying online because they would never talk about it. And I actually got asked really early on after the days of Bake Off when I started doing a bit more like around plus size fashion, body confidence. They actually said to me like, so you like a model now or something like like that? And I was like, well, no, it's just, you know, like... Brands want to use like real people, not models, to to promote their like clothes. That's kind of how like the online world is is you know how it goes and stuff. And they just didn't get it, but they never asked questions and they just continued to to judge and I think also try and poison other people in the family that I was doing wrong. Um, and it transpired that they thought that I was basically promoting obesity or promoting being bigger. The irony is that this person would greatly benefit from listening to our podcast (laughs) because I think anyone that thinks we're promoting obesity like has obviously got the wrong end of the stick. That is such a lazy assumption. Yeah, very much so. Like we're just just saying that you deserve love, respect and to live a full life, whatever you look like. And I think if you can't get on board with that, then fundamentally there's something quite wrong with you as a person. Um, so that really, really hurt me. It really cut. It's bad enough getting it from strangers on the internet, let alone people that, as I said, are supposed to be in your corner. There's there's quite a few other things that were also said, which I won't go into because, you know, it's it, it's private. There has to be a line. But for that reason and other reasons, I have decided now, like, I don't want that person in my life. And actually, like, I've never done that before, really. I've never cut someone out, especially not like they're an extended family member. But I genuinely feel so much better for it. I do feel like a 
funny enough, a weight has been lifted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just think that sometimes people, sometimes they do have your best interests at heart. Sometimes they do. And sometimes it does come from a good place of like, I'm just worried about your health. Like genuinely, Mm. we have to ask ourselves sometimes, do we think that's true? Are they actually worried about our health or are they worried about what we look like? And I think that is the key thing. Like, does it come from a good place or does it come from a place of judgment and fear of what other people think or embarrassment to be walking down the street with you. And I think those are two very different things. And for me, in this instance, it came from, I think, a place of embarrassment and not agreeing. And this person felt like if you're fat, you should be ashamed and you should be constantly on a diet. Um, So yeah, it's it's tricky. But like I said, I feel better for it. And I think I will say that to anyone. I don't like being preachy or giving advice, but at the end of the day, your mental health is more important than what other pe- people think of you. And if if you have to cut out toxic people or set really clear, hard boundaries to protect yourself and your mental health, even if that means cutting people out, then I personally, like, I can say do it because I've done it and I feel better for it. Like, you deserve love, respect and empathy and understanding and people to respect you, mm. whatever your size and whatever your health. Even if you're not healthy, you still deserve respect. I think that's such a good point. And it's, I, I can't really imagine the heartbreak when it comes from someone that you love and like you said, should be in your corner. And it just is so unfair. And if you've experienced it, others have. And I think the way that you dealt with it, Laura, was so admirable because you fully let it affect you. You fully got upset by it. You mm. you felt those feelings and it was awful. And you kind of then made this decision and then were able to move on. And I, and it's probably one of these things that, you know, it might hurt for a little bit and, occasion, you know, and occasions come along, family occasions, blah, blah, blah. And it's difficult. But I like that you put that boundary in place because that person or people have never been on your side ever since Bake Off, really. If if someone's in your life, they should be your biggest fan. And yeah, it, like you. Yeah, I am your, I'm literally <laughs> like your you biggest are. fan. I love you. You are, always have been. I um, And that's how people in your life should be. And if they're not like that, then honestly, they don't deserve to be in there. So I love that you put that boundary in place, a very difficult one to do. And I feel like that's probably the biggest thing that anyone could do. And to anybody listening, I feel like if anyone's listened to this and gone, hmm, I've got that person, this might be what I have to do, then that really might be what you have to do. Do you think you would have handled that situation differently a year ago? Maybe not a year ago, but a few years ago, I absolutely would. Because I think I've been a people pleaser my whole life. Mm. And I was the kind of person that would have just been like, oh, I'm working on my weight and and been all of that and, and been very kind of not really spoken about it or not really stood up for myself or stood up for other fat people. So yeah, definitely I've come like such a long way, like you were saying about, you know, being in the office and stuff like that and Mm. and advocating for yourself and for other people. That's also, I think, a big thing. It's not just you, people and other people in bigger bodies. When people make remarks like, oh, I'm glad I'm not as fat as her or, you know, or if I get like that size, shoot me. No. (laughs) So I think, yeah, I think I have learned a lot and I have learned to stick up for myself and others. And I'm really, I'm really proud of that. And I, I think, yeah come a long way on my journey babes you have come a long way and I'm so (laughs) proud of you and I hope that Laura sharing that story and being so vulnerable in sharing that story let me tell you that that does help and inspire other people and perhaps you don't need to go as far as cutting those people out of your life but sure as hell there will need to be some boundaries set and those boundaries are different for every person depending on what the situation is we've spoken a lot in this podcast about what those boundaries can be you know it might be 
just saying to them, please don't comment on my weight. Please don't comment on my body. Please don't comment on my child's body. There seems to be a lot of that. Mm. I don't want to hear about your diet. I know that's something that you put in place with a family member as well. Yeah. All of all of that, whatever that boundary is, just say it. Um, this is a little shout out to somebody I know and to all of the newly engaged girls out there. No, you don't have to lose weight for your wedding and don't let your mother, yes. mother-in-law, aunties, uh, nans tell you that you do put that boundary in place basically the second you get engaged to be honest (laughs) but yeah (laughs) say it now because it will continue to come up and make them feel uncomfortable with it be like i'm not talking about it i'm not going to lose weight job done see you later au revoir bye absolutely like why is there that expectation that you would look like a completely different person for your wedding somebody i know literally lost like six stone Uh, she's naturally like an english rose very much like yourself, paler skin, dark hair. And for a wedding, she had like blonde highlights, fake tan, lost loads of weight, took her glasses off. And I remember thinking, she looked lovely. This is not taking anything away from her. She looked absolutely gorgeous, but she didn't really look like her. Oh, well, that's sad. So like, why do, we, why yeah. do we do that? Why do we do that? It's because of other people's opinions. There's this expectation and pressure that you must look a certain way on your wedding date, that you must look like a bride. Guess what? You're a bride, whatever you fucking wear. <laughs> You literally are. We Ridiculous. have done a whole episode on that um, much earlier on in, in Go Love Yourself, all about that. So do listen to that or re-listen if you need it, because that was a great episode if I do say so myself. Um, <laughs> but talking of the comments that come from the family members, uh, we had a few stories about mother-in-laws. Somebody said, my mother-in-law commented on a picture of my child eating sweet corn and she said, she eats so well, unlike her parents. However, this listener said that she confronted her and she eventually apologised. That, my friends, is putting a boundary in place. Say it! Another message we had from one of our listeners says, After I had my second child, we were at a family vow renewal, looking at some photos with my mother-in-law. I actually can't believe I'm going to read this out. She saw one of me and said two words, slim fast. Two words, fuck off. I think when it's outright like that, like you do just have to call it out and say like, sorry that is not okay and set a really clear boundary i think i think almost sometimes that is although it's probably more hurtful like i think it's easier to respond to because it is so obvious yeah one of our listeners actually wrote in and said that her in-laws are are so judgy but she feels really awkward because she doesn't feel like it's her place to comment maybe it is a little bit more subtle i'm not sure um and she wants to know if we have any advice for that lauren what would you say to her to be honest laura i haven't had in-laws for a very long time so i'm gonna bat this question right back to you (laughs) Uh, so i i would say first thing to remember is that remember that people's perceptions are subjective and more often than not inaccurate they're not a reflection of who you are and they also like to be a projection of their own insecurity so rather than feel like that is the truth and that is gospel and feel like a piece of shit it's really hard but i always try and remember the bigger picture and try to have an objective outlook on who I am as a person what I look like and the fact that how I look is actually not important and not anyone's business and then I do think like it is really important that we do speak up for ourselves I think every unwelcome comment is a chance to like offer up your definition of what is and isn't acceptable as commentary so like nip them in the bud and then and this is the hardest thing is is to try and move on because there is no change in some people. Do you know what I mean? Like they're going to have that that opinion and they're going to be like that. And that's what I was saying earlier about like, I decided to cut somebody out. That might not be easy and that might not be a possibility for you, but actually you can still 
set boundaries and you can distance yourself and you can do other things and just my biggest piece of advice just say like don't let it run or ruin your life like it is not your job to make that person happy or think that you are like a good person like no like you do you and it's a it's it's a them problem not a you oh couldn't agree more couldn't have, can't have nothing to add no notes no notes <laughs> i also love this as well from another listener she says i feel like i get a lot of judgment from people i barely know my mm. thinking is if you've got something to say text me if you don't have my number it is not your place to comment on my life. Literally, couldn't agree That's so true, isn't it? more. But yeah. also let me tell you, if they do have your number and are judging you for what you look like or how you eat or anything in that realm of stuff, you can also tell them to politely, perhaps because you love them, fuck off because it's none of their business. <laughs> I think we're, always, we're never going to stop receiving this judgment from other people, from the people that we know and the people that we don't. It's a way that we have to try and manage how we deal with it, but but also perhaps take the time to educate that person yeah and uh, put boundaries in place i think is number one yeah i completely agree and i just want to kind of finish on what you were saying there about education i think sometimes people hate fat people right sometimes people with a little bit of education can be persuaded and brought brought around and i think sometimes it's if you can try and show a bit of education it, it can go a long way some like i said some people are going to be like will just reject it but some people will be open to it and i think if actually if you say like if someone says like oh, i feel really fat today and you said oh well actually like i don't want to be you know one of those people but fat isn't a feeling like how do you actually feel like are you, are you feeling bloated like how do you actually feel call people out because sometimes when we just let things go people just think it's okay and I think the only way we're really going to get change in whether it's in the office in our homes in the playground is actually if we if we are allies to other fat people and if we stick up for ourselves and other people that are in bigger bodies and I think that is so important and you can point people in the in the direction of this podcast of the maintenance phase podcast of so many books so many studies so much research that has been done there are so many studies that show that the impact of weight stigma have more of an effect of a detrimental effect on a person's health than their actual weight let that sink in everybody so we need to stop talking about people's bodies. We need to start thinking that we have any right to other people's bodies. And we also need to, as you said, stick up for ourselves and set clear boundaries. And next time we make someone comment about you or about somebody else or about their diet, you can respectfully tell them, like Lawrence said, share some education, share some research. And if they still don't get the message, tell them to go fuck themselves. Go fuck themselves or go love yourself. Those, <laughs> those, those are your options. options. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week for a brand new episode. But if you want more of us in the meantime, make sure you follow our Instagram at Go Love Yourself Pod or join our Facebook group, Go Love Yourself Community. Or if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email golove at crowdnetwork.co.uk. You can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, where you can get ad-free and early episodes for £1 a week. Or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Hello, I'm La La La, let me explain. And this is, it's not you, it's them, but it might be you. 
I'm here to answer all your questions around love, relationships, sex, dating dilemmas, and anything else you throw my way. Join me three times a week as we work through the depths of this intimacy pool together. From Sony Music Entertainment, listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.